Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hey, and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Sahiba, and today we'll be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, the man who unlocked the universe, and Incredibles 2. And right now, I'm going to start talking with Arjun on the amazing new movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Welcome to the show, Arjun. Happy to be here. So I'm a huge Marvel fan, and I'm so excited for this movie because it's the first Marvel movie out after Infinity War. And throughout Infinity War, I was wondering, where was Ant-Man? So, so can you tell me where he was? Um, I don't know if I can necessarily say that because it's, it's kind of a spoiler. And one, this movie does not take place during Infinity War, even though it does give us information that could tie into how Infinity War Part 2 will go. But um, it takes place after um, Civil War, I believe. So it doesn't take place during Infinity War. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's so interesting. And so um, what is happening? What's Ant-Man up to in this film? Um, It's definitely an interesting movie because, one, he's kind of not like... It's it's a different kind of movie. It's a lot more small scale than Infinity War was. And it's basically the main themes here are basically like... He's basically struggling between being a superhero and also being a good role model to his daughter because he wasn't necessarily the best person when he was a lot younger. He was a criminal, but now he's kind of moving away from that being a hero and being a good role model to his daughter. But the main plot focuses on um, um, Hope and uh, Hank Pym's mission from, um, from, to find uh, Hope's mother, Janet, who is trapped in the quantum dimension. And Scott kind of gets entangled within all this, literally. And um, that's definitely the main plot of the movie. And, of course, they get threatened by other people. And, you know, it kind of stops them. But, yeah, it's pretty much a typical superhero plot from there. But it has its own gimmicks with the whole, like, superpowers which are involved. Okay, very interesting. And so, was this movie funny? Did it make you laugh? Or was it intense? What did you think? Um, I definitely think this is one of the most lightest Marvel movies. There really isn't, like, it's definitely, I think, what they intended for this movie to be, and it succeeded as a whole, was that it needed to be basically a relief from what happened in Infinity War, because that is definitely one of the darkest superhero movies out there. Um, there isn't really anything particularly dark about this movie. It's, it's like a fun adventure with, with a lot of heart involved. Yeah, for sure. I definitely needed something happy and light from Marvel, so I'm very glad to hear that. And so what did you think of the acting? There's Paul Rudd and numerous amount of amazing actors. I think the acting is great as always. Paul Rudd, he always brings that same like magic he does to the role. It's literally like a perfect cast because, you know, Scott L- Scott Lang is basically the happy-go-lucky Ant-Man of the comics. And even Michael Douglas is just a perfect casting choice. He really captures the darker side of uh, Hank, 
Hank. He's not necessarily like a good human being. You know, he's rather shady in some areas. And I like that they explored more of that with them. But one thing which I definitely think stood out more here compared to the first Ant-Man was Evangeline Lilly as Hope. She was she was absolutely amazing. As you can tell, they also add the and the wasp in this in the title, and she totally lives up to it with the action scenes and everything of that sort. And I, I love how she's just a lot more like bitter with Scott in this movie, um, because of what happened in um Civil War. Um and that was definitely a lot of fun to watch. Even the villains, um normally Marvel villains aren't the best, um, but I think uh, Hannah John came in as Ghost was definitely, she heightened what could have been a throwaway villain. Um, There's an interesting backstory with her, and her superpowers were really just incredible to watch, like the special effects. Quite a lot of characters here. I do think Walton Goggins is, um, uh, you know, his character, he was kind of a little bit of a throwaway villain, just kind of there to cause mayhem and all of that sorts of stuff. But Last but not least, I cannot I cannot forget to mention these three: Michael Pinez, Louise. He's probably my favorite character, and a- Abby Ryder Fortson as Cassie. She's she was incredible. Usually, child actors are not that great, but she was absolutely amazing. And how can I forget the newest inclusion, Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer, sorry. She's not in the movie as much as you'd think she is, but she's definitely like the main one of the main focuses this time. So that you know, it it really adds something new to the Marvel universe. Awesome. Every sorry. Yeah, everything you've just told me, I'm you're getting me more and more excited and I really can't wait to watch this. And I'm really glad that um like you said, the villain is has a backstory and is not someone who's just wants to destroy the world so i'm very glad i'm super excited you are listening to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids network today we're talking about ant-man and the wasp the man who un- who unlocked the universe and incredibles too so arjun you were just telling me about all these wonderful characters and the wonderful job that the actors did so did you have a favorite character um i think i gotta say it's definitely michael pina as um luis i believe is his name um he's still my favorite character but i do think that um abby writer fortson's like cassie who's of course scott's daughter uh, gives him a run for his money they're, they're just both like really funny and out there and i i just love watching watching just all of the characters and interact and i i really like how when uh, louise gets introduced into the action he just seems a lot more relatable because his life is totally normal compared to the other people and it's just a lot of fun to watch Awesome. I love Michael Peña too. I think he's such a great actor and he plays Lewis amazingly. I love it so much. And so if you had to compare um, Ant-Man 1 and Ant-Man 2, I know you did a little bit, but if you had to say there was something that um, was really different from this movie, what would you say that is? Um, I definitely think it's, it's the inclusion of the Wasp. So for one, Hope's character in the first movie, she was kind of just there. They didn't really give her too much to do but here she has a lot to do the even the plot is kind of focused on her what i think is the most funny funny thing about this movie but it totally works for the movie is that like you could have discluded ant-man and the movie maybe would have not been so much different but it's interesting how when they include him just how he gets involved and caught up in the situation like it's not really as much a movie about him as it is about the wasp but it's still a movie about him and it's like 
he wants to uh, be a good role model to his daughter and all sorts of stuff. So I think that was the most one of the most interesting things to watch. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm getting more and more excited. And so how, what did you think of the fight scenes and um, the graphics when he's shrinking and he's becoming big? Um, It was definitely a lot of fun to watch. Like I said, ghost special effects, I think they're going to really stand out. Like, I would remember that the most about the special effects from this movie, even though the shrinking was absolutely amazing. And um, kind of the final act of this movie is just a big car, car chase. And it had me thinking a small event like this that happened in Infinity War can be like a big, like just big, huge set piece and like playground of things to do in this movie. And I thought that was just really amazing. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And so what did you think of the um, sound effects and the music and the score of the film? Um, the music, I wouldn't say it's too memorable. Like, you know, you can kind of just pass it, but it, it's, it, you know, it definitely complements the scenes while the special effects, as I mentioned, are always great for these kind of movies. Um, but definitely, I think it's all around solid. That's wonderful. And are there any, um, changes to Ant-Man's costume or the Wasp's costume? And if so, did you like it? I think, um, this is the first time we're seeing the Wasp's costume, um, um, which is not on uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, who's she was the original Wasp. Um, I think I guess Ant Man's helmet has changed. I can't really remember too much. Nothing too noteworthy. Uh, but the funny, one of the funniest things about this movie is that um, because Ant Man hasn't really gotten to wear a suit because of the whole events of Civil War, and he had to, you know, serve jail time in that one place. Um, is that um, the suit they give him in this movie? It's kind of just like. How do you call it? It's 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 pretty much just a mixed signals everywhere. Like it 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 makes them grow big all of a sudden and all sorts of things. And seeing how unstable the suit is, it makes for a lot of comedic scenes in this movie. <laughs> That's awesome. And so finally, what would you say the age range of star rating would be? Um, I'd definitely say the age range would be an eight to eighteen. It's a lot less violent than Civil War. Um, nobody, there's not any blood or anything of that sort. There's hardly any death. So, but there is some. Some of the action could be intense for kids, and there is some language, but it's it's really mild. Um, but I did. I do have to say that my main flaw with the movie is that the story it can just come off as rather convoluted as times. Like with the amount of characters I mentioned, I really think that. Um, Walton Goggins' characters really suffered the most because he really he he really just is like a villain written for the story. And when we're introduced to him, we're kind of just introduced to him. And I think that a lot of characters like suffer from that in this movie. And the plot can just come like there are, there's a lot of science in the movie, and sometimes it just comes across as just like really that's it. But um, I still think it's a great movie, and it's definitely worth the watch. But for that reason, I'd give it a four out of five stars. Cool. Thank you so much, Arjun, for talking to me about Ant-Man. No problem. I'm super excited to watch this film. I can't wait to watch a light Marvel movie after Infinity War. And so be sure to check out Ant-Man and the Wasp in theaters this Friday. So let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Alyssa Knows What to Do, Season 1. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
to become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year, or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm sahiba and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about ant-man and the wasp and next we'll be talking with ella about the amazing incredibles too welcome to the show ella thank you for having me of course. So, 14 years later, can you tell me a little bit about what is going on in The Incredibles lives now? Um, well, supers, superheroes are illegal now, and um, but they're trying to get them to not be illegal. So, they want to kind of they and they have to uh, The Incredibles have to raise their kids as well as you know, fight crime under under like secrecy and like hiding like hiding it from the law so there's they're mainly struggling with that oh i see yeah that sounds like a difficult challenge and so how did it make you feel was it um very funny like a kid's movie should be or did it get intense uh no i actually thought it was a it was a pretty light kids movie because there was a lot of funny parts. The baby, Jack-Jack, you know, there were a lot of comedic moments with him and Mr. Incredible. Um, so, yeah, I thought that it, it was funny. But there were also parts uh, that were very, that were intense and climactic. So I, I can't really talk about those too much about, you know, spoiling the movie or whatever. But... There was a mix of both, but it was fairly light. Awesome. Yeah, I like it when there's a mix of both. It, um, it makes a film fun and interesting. So um, did you have a favorite part or character in this film? Um, favorite character was definitely Elastigirl because she kind of broke out of the stereotype of, you know, because there's usually the stereotype is the stay-at-home mom. But the, I forgot what the company was called that was hiring it was like dev tech the company dev tech wanted elastigirl instead of mr incredible and you know as a as a girl watching this movie it was really it was great to see you know a woman kicking butt on screen you know just 
being being awesome, being incredible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm a huge Incredibles fan, and I think I've seen the first Incredibles probably every year since it's come out, and I know all the um, dialogues of the first one, and watching the second one be such a drastic change from that first one 14 years later, I think it was really amazing to watch and see Mr. Incredible have to take the back seat and see more of characters I didn't see as much in the first one, like Elastigirl, and that was really cool. And so also, what did you think of um, the graphics and um, the special effects? I thought it was... Uh... It was very cool. One thing I really liked about the animation, the graphics, was that it was very detailed. Because I saw this picture of uh, Mr. Incredible holding up Jack-Jack. And, like, they zoomed in on his shirt. And you could see, like, all the little fibers of the shirt. And I was just like, that's why it took 14 years to make. Because it was so detailed and well done. And um, that. That's yeah, it's really amazing, and it's I think it's just cool to um, have a sequel 14 years later and compare and contrast. And also, so what did you think of um, the music and the main Incredibles theme song? I thought I thought it was very cool. There were a lot. Of, it was a lot of like superhero tones and superhero music. I thought it complemented the film very well. Awesome. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, The Man Who Unlocked the Universe, and Incredibles 2. And I'm going to continue talking with Ella about Incredibles 2. So... What did you think of um, the costumes? I know Elastigirl's costume changed from the first one, and what did you think of it? Uh, I thought the costumes were cool, whether it was, you know, because Elastigirl got a new costume, and Jack-Jack had to get fitted for a costume, and Mr. Incredible had to take him up to Edna's. Um, I thought that they were very, they were very cool, and they, I think... The second costume really helped Elastigirl fit, like kind of be more comfortable with herself because, you know, she's a mom of three and she was, you know, feeling, I don't know, she just felt very confident in that outfit, I feel like, and it, that's always great to see, you know. Yeah, of course. I know Edna was really funny in the movie yeah. and she was very upset that she didn't get to make the costume. But, um, so what did you think of the anim... Um, I know you told me a bit about the animation, but um, also there were a huge amount of places that they went throughout the film, especially Elastigirl. And what did you think of those places? I thought it was very cool how they made the cities, the city kind of set in the film. Cause you know, like I said, there was so much detail that went into this film and that's why it took so long to make. Cause they, you know, when Elastigirl was like swinging across, like uh, like swinging across trying to get to, what was the, I forgot what the villain's name was, but um, you saw like all the little cars, all the little, parts of the street all the little parts of the buildings around them and it was very cool yeah for sure and I know you're um telling me how amazing the animation is but was there something else that was very unique about this film that really stood out to you um well it's been a while since the first film came out obviously um 
And I just thought that after all these years, I thought it was really cool. I think the storyline stood out to me the most because it was so the film was so interesting. And I'm, you know, I'm 14. So like and for me to be able to watch a kid's movie and not be like annoyed with it or be like, oh, this is juvenile. I thought that that was very cool because I actually really, really enjoyed Incredibles 2. And it was very it was very intriguing and I got up like two times to leave for the bathroom because I was drinking a lot of coke. But um, I I, w- I didn't really want to leave the theater because like I wanted to you know catch every minute of it that I could because it was just that good. Yeah, for sure. I thought the plot was really really well done and everything was very amazing. And so I know in the uh, second film there's a lot more characters and um, other people with superpowers. So. Um, did you have a favorite superpower amongst any of the new people or even the old Incredible Family? Um, I like Frozone's powers because he was basically able to put ice over anything, which, you know, comes in handy uh, during all the battle scenes. But I also like Jack-Jack's new powers because he has, like, so many. Like, I don't even know how many he has because he can, like, multiply himself he can like he can just do all sorts of crazy stuff so i definitely say that those two had the best powers yeah for sure and i was really happy because um frozone didn't have a huge part in the first film and here he was definitely um had a much larger role and a lot more dialogue so i thought that was fun to see and it was really cool and so if you could have a superpower which one would you like to have um probably uh probably actually i should have said this in the previous question but probably i'd probably choose elastigirl's powers because she can kind of like bend and like manipulate herself into like anything she wants so i just think that's really cool yeah for sure and so what messages um were in this film and really stood out to you um you know the power of family and teamwork because uh the two kids did like they were told to like sit back and babysit their brother a lot um and they were obviously really bummed about that but i think having towards the end having the whole family you know working together using their powers i just the kids ended up kind of saving the day a little bit so i just thought that that was really cool to see you know and that was it's, it's a very positive message just you know family and teamwork Yeah, for sure. I love that message. And finally, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? Age range, I'd say seven and up. And the um, star rating, definitely five out of five. I thought it was amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me, Ella. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. And so be sure to check out the awesome Incredible Incredibles 2 in theaters today. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Alyssa Knows What to Do Season 1. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm sahiba and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about incredibles 2 and atman and the wasp and next i'll be talking with the wonderful joe ella again on um the man who knew the wor- universe welcome back ella Thank you for having me back. (laughs) So, um, can you tell me a little bit about this documentary and what is it about? Um, Well, it's about this astronomer who existed, you know, before Galileo, before all of these, you know, big-time scientists and astronomers. Um, His name was Uleg Beg, and he was around in, like, the 15th, yeah, like the 15th century, like the 14-1500s. who really made a lot of great discoveries, you know, just in, in his field. And he was just great, a great scientist, a brilliant mind, you know? Oh, wow. That sounds really amazing. And so, um, what did you learn, um, from this documentary? Um, were there a lot of, uh, interesting historical facts? Mm-hmm. There were a lot of interesting facts, uh, if I, <laughs> I kind of have to be <laughs> sit, sit here with you all day in order to, you know, lay them all out. But he was just, he had so many great attributes and just, he contributed so much, just so much knowledge. He just, he was very passionate about what he did. I just think that that's amazing. Yeah, of course. I think it's always amazing to find passionate people who are doing amazing things in their lives. And so uh, what did you think of the narration by Vincent Cassell? I thought that the narration was, if I'm being honest here, it was the person himself, like the person himself that was doing it. He was, he was a good narrator, but I didn't really like it when they cut from like these great, like awesome, like well done battle scenes, just like this guy talking in front of like a black screen. I just I thought that that was weird, and I don't know. You could tell that it was a green screen. I don't know. It was just, it was not the most well done. Oh, I see what you mean. And so you just said that there were some war scenes. Were those all live action? 
Uh, yes, uh, the whole, pretty much the whole film was live action. Um, the battle scenes were pretty, they were pretty epic. Like the special effects were done so well. The acting, even though they didn't really say very many lines, the acting was great. It was, and that, that whole part, that whole aspect of the film, I just thought was incredible. That is really cool. And um, did you have a favorite battle scene that was like really amazing with all the CGI that really stood out to you? Well, uh, there were all the, I wouldn't be able to tell you the name of the specific battle, but um, there was one scene where his, Uleg Beg's son and his army were on one side and then Uleg Beg and his army were on another side. And it was just kind of like the showdown between Uleg Beg and his son. And it was really, I don't know, it was just really interesting to see. And it was very, it was a little heartbreaking too. Because it's, you know, the father-son rivalry that was really upsetting. But it was, it was so cool. And the CGI and the, you know, the whole battle was just awesome. Wow, yeah, this sounds like a really cool film. And so what did you think of the set design? Was it very true to the time period? The set design, well, it, based on, you know, things that I've learned in history class, um, they, did their, they did their research and they did, you know, there wasn't, it, the production was, you know, that specific portion was very well done and very thoroughly researched. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, I always, that's a very important part. I think it's always very cool to watch these films and it sounds like a really interesting one. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, The Man Who Unlocked the Universe, and Incredibles 2. And I'll continue talking to Ella about The Man Who Unlocked the Universe. So did you have, um, I know I said favorite battle, but maybe a favorite character or a favorite part of the documentary? Well, I mean, there weren't a lot of, you know, specific name characters. So um, I, I probably like that because he was just so brilliant and incredible. And he just did so much for, you know, math and science. Um, as for favorite part, I'd probably probably say the battle scene I described earlier with, you know, like Beg and his son having that big showdown. I thought that would probably be my favorite part of the entire film. That's really cool. And so what did you think of the music and the sound effects in the documentary? The sound effects, especially during the battle scenes, were very well done, very, you know, well researched, very very kind of kind of loud like like it should be you know um as far as the music goes the music was interesting because I remember there was one scene where this girl was dancing and she was just you know it was very it was very like it was very cool to see the different cultures in this film you know I just thought that that was great and it was you know it was the music was very well done the sound effects were well done that whole section of the film was well done. 
That's very cool. And I, I um, heard you just mentioned um, the culture. And how is that um, in- sort of incorporated with the um, costumes? And how, how did it work? Well, the culture and the, you know, the outfits, the wardrobe, um, I, I wouldn't be able to say for sure. But it seemed to me that, like everything else, it was thoroughly researched and there was a lot of work done. You know, the costumes were very extravagant and very, you know, I'd say true to the time period and true to the different cultures. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And um, so what messages um, did you learn from this documentary? Um, That's an interesting question because it's, it's a nonfiction documentary, but I think there's still a lot you can learn. I, I'd say Lig Beg was a very big inspiration because I think just he was very, he was a prince and his, you know, his culture was very pro-religion. And at the time, pro-religion was sort of like anti-science because if you were scientifically able to prove something that went against the religion that that would not necessarily bode well for you. So I just thought, I just think that follow your passions and knowing what you want to do and what you want to be, I think that's the most important thing that you can take away from this film and take away from, you know, Lake Peg's life and his legacy. Yeah, for sure. That's a very important message and very inspiring. And so this is a 38-minute film, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty short. Yeah, so how are they... Did they do a good job of keeping it interesting um, with all the details that they must have wanted to fit? Or how did how was that part of the film? Um, The thing about that, that was another area where they lacked... Uh, I don't want to say... They where they lacked. I don't want to say skill, but lacked ability or, or ability. Um, but I just felt like there were certain points during the film where I would, you know, especially when the guy was narrating it in front of the black screen, where I wouldn't be able to pay attention to it because it was just kind of dull at certain points. But then there were other better scenes that I was able to focus on. So it was kind of in and out for me. Very interesting. And so finally, what would you say the star rating and age range would be? Um, age range, I'd say probably eight and up. And the star rating, I'd give it three out of five. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ella, for talking with me about this movie. Always so much fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. So be sure to check out The Man Who Unlocked the Universe on Amazon today. So let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Alyssa Knows What to Do, Season 1. Kids Safe, Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm sahiba and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about atman and the wasp the man who unlocked the universe incredible and incredibles 2 and next we'll be talking with the awesome jolene about atman and the wasp welcome to the show jolene Thank you for interviewing me. Of course. So, can you tell me a little bit about Ant-Man's adventures and um, what was he up to? So, this is the sequel to the first Ant-Man. And um, the setting for this is around the same time that Infinity War takes place. Another MCU movie that's part of the series. And so, it just shows what Ant-Man has been doing all this time while the rest of the Avengers are over somewhere else fighting a war. So it shows that um, Ant-Man or Scott Lang in the movie, the character's name is Scott Lang, um, he is put under house arrest so he can't leave his house and he can't contact any of his like um, co-workers, the people he worked with when he was doing his Ant-Man duties and all that. So it shows how he actually ends up going against the rules and contacting his friend. And it turns out there's something wrong in the quantum universe, which is like the super, super tiny universe that he goes into when he becomes super, super small. And so they go on an adventure because his co-worker's mom, which is the wasp, gets stuck down there. So they have to find a way to like save her. And there's a new character that need, tries to stop them. And it's really interesting how everyone's trying to get one thing. They're co- trying to compete for this one thing. So it's really interesting. Very cool. I'm Again, I'm super excited. I'm a huge Marvel fan. So just talking about this gets me a little pumped and even more excited. And yeah, totally. Throughout Infinity War, I had two big questions. Where is Hawkeye and where is Ant-Man? So at yeah. least one of them is going to be answered. So thank you for telling me. I'm super excited. So I know uh, we also talked a little bit with Arjun, but this is a lot lighter and what did you think? Was Did it make you laugh as well? And were you also light and very entertained? 
Yes, it was so funny. I was like, they had so many jokes throughout this. So like, even though there would be a time where it's dark and scary, it would just be randomly someone would make a joke and it, and then the other characters would get mad at them for like, we need to be serious or something like that. And the whole, the entire theater was laughing so hard. But um, there are some parts that, I there are some references and like jokes that um, younger kids may not like get, and in the film there is a little bit of like curse words, so it might just be for older ages. It depends on what your parents will allow you to see. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard that this one is funnier than the first one. Do you think that's yeah. true? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool yeah I'm a huge fan of Lewis and I like I think he's like the best character and so who is your favorite my favorite character is actually um, I forget if he was in the first Ant-Man I I'm pretty sure he's not but um his name's Jimmy Woo um when Ant-Man or Scott Lang is under house arrest it's Wu's job to like make sure he stays in the house and if he ever like gets out it's he's supposed to catch him and like make sure that he stays in the house um uh, I just like him because even though he's not really good at his job I mean he tries he tries really hard and he works really hard and I just like how determined he is and how hard working he is and even though he doesn't succeed all the time, he still tries his very hardest, and he's really he's really determined to do everything right and do the best that he can. And he is such a hilarious character too. When he whenever he talks with Scott Lang, oh my gosh, it's so hilarious. Their conversations and with um, Scott Lang's daughter, it's he tries to be the cool the cool detective and teach the kid but it doesn't work and it ends up just being hilarious <laughs> oh man that's so funny I love characters like that who like they're really trying hard in the movie but they just <laughs> can't and I mean it's really hard to keep Ant-Man contained so I'll give him yeah. that <laughs> but you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network today we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, The Man Who Unlocked the Universe, and Incredibles 2. And I'm going to continue talking with Jolene about Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I know we were just talking about all these funny characters and how funny this movie is and how good of a job uh, your favorite character did. So can you tell me a little bit more about the actors and how are their roles and did they do a good job? Yeah, um, Ant-Man... Um, he was, or Scott Lang, he was really good at the acting because there were some weird parts in it where he had to, like, he had to do, I don't want to spoil it, but let's just say he had to do some awkward stuff. So he didn't break character at all, and he didn't, he didn't look weirded out or uncomfortable at all. He completely, like, committed to it. And he just went with it, and um, he stayed in character, which I thought was really, really cool, um, really good for him, because it really, it makes it seem more real, and it, you couldn't sense the uncomfortableness, so it just made it even funnier to see that it was really genuine. <laughs> and then um, another actor, um, 
the ghost, she was really good at acting too. Um, so her story, her her background story is kind of sad, and she's really desperate for. Um, I'm trying not to spoil it, but she's really desperate to get the thing that she wants, and you can see even though she doesn't, she doesn't talk that much. Um, you can just see through her face like all of the desperation and how determined she is and how badly she she wants and she needs to get it. And even though some of the things she does to try and get it aren't aren't really good and they're kind of violent and unnecessary, um, you can't help but feel bad for her because just through her face you can feel her feeling so so many emotions and so desperate. So, yeah. Um, emotional. <laughs> yeah, and so like it's happy, but then it's like really emotional with this bad guy. But um, when you were saying about Ant-Man, I have to see this movie just like to see what made him so uncomfortable. <laughs> but, um, so what did you think of the graphics and special effects? I hear Ghost is really cool and her powers. Yeah, it was, it's different. It's definitely different. And I like how much it's, there's a lot more characters, but it never got confusing or anything like that. And plus, um, they go into the quantum realm again, um, which is all CGI and it's all um, like a different world. And the different world looks so amazing. Like, even though it's a world like we've never seen before it seems like it could exist and it seems like it's real but it's so so different and it's just so cool how they can make a world that we've never ever ever seen before seem like it's real like we could believe it even though it's so different so that's how like amazing the cgi was and for um the ghost um every once in a while she has she has this uh, she has this power that um, she could she could like go through walls and stuff and sometimes she would I guess glitch because she she somehow got affected by the quantum realm so she has these different powers and she she glitches and the glitching looks pretty cool and it doesn't look it looks real because she actually moves while glitching and then it's just like it's this whole cool thing, and it's it's really amazing to see. I can't describe it. It's just it just it just looks different, like we've never seen it before. But we can believe that it's real. Awesome! This sounds so cool. I'm like freaking out right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm so happy they're going back to the quantum realm because I remember that from the first movie, and I was like, wow, this is so weird. But it really looks like this might exist. Like, if I shrink into my carpet, will I get there? You know, one day. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And so finally, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? Um, I would give it, of course, five out of five stars. It was so good. And um, for the age recommendation, I would say like 10 to like 18, even like adults. Just because, of course, the little bit of cussing and the jokes that they might not understand. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jolene. It's so much fun talking with you. Thank you for interviewing. I have so much fun, too. 
<laughs> of course. So thanks so much for listening. I'm super excited for all of these movies. They sound like lots of fun. So be sure to check them out. Thanks for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.com. And be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. You can get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. I'm Sahiba. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.